helping realtors on Vancouver Island stay connected, current, and on the cutting edge. This is the Vancouver Island Real Estate Show. Here's your host, Braden Wheatcroft. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Braden Weecroft. I'm the Director of Business Development with REMAX Camosun and REMAX of Nanaimo. Uh, today, we're very uh, fortunate to have a special guest on online with us, uh, Keith Roy. I'm going to read his bio here first, but I want to just set the tone of what we're here to talk about. If you haven't been paying attention, maybe you've been busy out there helping your buyers and sellers the last few days. We've had some pretty significant changes uh, come down the pipe in terms of the recent budget provo- uh, proposal that the ND government has just announced this week. So what we're going to be doing is breaking down some of those changes that we saw, talk a little bit about how they may impact you and your business as well as the market as a whole. So with that being said, I'd like to introduce my special guest, Keith Roy. Uh, Keith is a team leader of Keith Roy Associates at Remax Select in Vancouver. He's a frequent face in the media on all matters relating to the real estate market and their industry regulation. He has a degree in political science, used to sit on the professional conduct committee at the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver, and sells over 100 homes a year. He has almost won every award in the real estate industry, but here's the thing, they're all made up, so it doesn't really matter. Now that's Keith's words, not mine. (laughs) So with that being said, please join me in welcoming Mr. Keith Roy. Braden, if you can't congratulate yourself, who can you congratulate? (laughs) That's exactly right. You know, and one of the things I'm glad to see in this bio, because I was researching you a little bit online before our talk today, uh, was your political science degree, because I actually think you play politics as a pastime, right? Like I, di- I did. I worked in Ottawa for a member of parliament for a period of time. I worked for the lieutenant governor of Ontario. So I've been in some legislatures. I understand how these policies are ultimately developed and put together. Well, and one of the things I really respect about you the most is that you don't just form opinions without doing your research. In fact, I remember talking to you a few days ago. Uh, I, we were talking about, you know, what are we going to do for this live stream? And, and you said, well, hey, I'm just heading to do a presentation in Toronto and I've actually printed out the budget. I'm going to read it on the way there. So personally, I don't read anything because I just, you know, follow what you say and, and kind of trust that you know what you're talking about. I appreciate the confidence you're putting in me now. <laughs> so. Here's the thing, Keith. Let's set the context. Yeah. So in the last few months, we have seen some pretty punitive proposed changes from our real estate council and the superintendent of real estate. It's really shaken the real estate industry here uh, by storm in the province. We've also seen the provincial government this week make some proposed changes that are going to have some pretty significant impact on how we run our business. And then we also have the federal government uh, making changes on the financial side, making it harder to qualify for a mortgage. So here's my first question. Is it time for me to start looking for a job? Well, I, I, I don't think you need to be that drastic. You're, you're a qualified person. You, you will train and lead a lot of great realtors, and they'll survive. I think the end result of this is there's actually going to be less realtors in the province because it's going to be harder and harder to, to help people buy and sell homes. And I think that's a good thing, not only from a competitive standpoint, I'll have less people to compete against, but the quality and the caliber of the individuals who are left in organized real estate British Columbia will ultimately be better. Um, you know, you, you brought up a couple things in the context, but make it even bigger. A couple of realtors uh, had some bad behavior a few years ago. The public picked up on it and the government had to react. The government brought in a number of changes, took away self-regulation from realtors, brought in the foreign buyer tax, moving to the ending of double agency for consumers. And all of this has culminated in 
quite frankly, a, a public mistrust, or at this point, probably even a distrust of realtors. And we as realtors need to do a much better job of earning uh, the trust of the public back. And then ultimately, uh, we're going to have to turn around and bring them bring them back on side so they realize the value that we bring to the transaction and to their lives and, and what's going on. Um, provincially, you're right, there's been a bunch of changes, but this, this all came down from the fact that uh, we had an election last year. The previous BC Liberal government saw that election coming. They saw the tides turning against realtors. They hopped on the bandwagon. They attacked realtors. Uh, they brought in a bunch of changes, many of which were good, some of which were bad uh, for realtors and bad for consumers. And uh, they didn't win the election. We got a minority NDP government that was elected on a promise. And I want to be clear here. They were elected on a promise to lower the value of your home. And they got a minority government, and they are backed by the Green Party, which was elected on a promise to lower it even further. And what we're seeing in this budget is an attempt to do that. They're, they're trying to uh, spur a market correction that isn't a natural market correction. Yeah, yeah, no, all, all great points. And so, you know, obviously, I know we could talk a lot about the, the council and the superintendent, but that's not the purpose of today's uh, conversation. We want to start breaking down the budget and, and understanding that, you know, the housing file was just one part of the overall budget. But let's knowing that, you know, my ideal audience, my target audience are realtors, specifically Vancouver Island realtors. And now we're starting to feel uh, some of these changes uh, being forced on us where we want to you know, start talking about these different changes with you. So let's break down. There's the three that we're going to cover. First off is the changes to the property transfer tax. Then we'll cover the speculation tax, which I'm really interested to hear your point of view on. And lastly, we're going to talk about the foreign buyer tax. And I really think right now, based on the, the conversations I'm having with my colleagues around the office, that's where a lot of the attention's focused. You know, speculation tax has also uh, caught some headlines because it's a new, newer version of the tax. Um, but let's let's start right off with property transfer tax. What's your understanding of, of the changes? Well, years ago, uh, Gordon, uh, Gordon, um, Bill Vanderzant brought in the property transfer tax on the understanding that this was going to be some sort of temporary tax measure. There's never a temporary tax. Once something's there, it's very, very hard to see it repealed. Uh, but right now, um, uh, up until pre-budget, the the transfer tax was one percent on the first two hundred thousand, two percent on the balance. And that number used to make sense when houses were three, four, five hundred thousand dollars. But now that houses are a million, two million dollars, that transfer tax is getting expensive. Uh, the previous BC Liberal government raised the property transfer tax over two million dollars to three percent. So once you've hit that two million threshold, it goes to three percent. In this week's budget, what happened is properties over three million now have a five percent tax, mm -hmm. um, and it's not retroactive back to dollar one. So it just starts at that three from three million up you now have a 5% property transfer tax. Unfortunately, there was no relief for people at the lower end. What I would have loved to see is a reduction of the property transfer tax to 0% up to 500,000, and then an increase over 2 million. That would have made sense to me. You would have helped the average person buying and selling a house. All you're doing now is punishing people with larger houses, but not benefiting people that they really want to benefit that middle class family that's, you know, between that 700 to a million range buying a house in the lower mainland. Um, we just don't see that kind of reaction. Uh, only yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely I appreciate that perspective from the consumer standpoint. I, I'm curious, knowing um, that my audience is mostly made up of, of practicing real estate professionals like what do you think is going to happen? How do you see that affecting our business? And, and frankly, knowing on Vancouver Island, our values aren't quite the same as they are 
where you are in the lower mainland, but yeah, when you for yourself, look, uh, you're not you're not seeing a lot of houses on Vancouver Island over three million dollars. Uh, that's pretty much limited to the west side of Vancouver and parts of West Vancouver at this point uh, for any regularity of transaction. So you're not going to see that being particularly impactful. Um, it's just going to cost people with money more money at the top end, but there's no benefit there for the average everyday consumer. It just doesn't, it doesn't change anything for your typical consumer. The government was positioning it as if, you know, the rich are paying more, but it's just, it's, it's to no benefit to anybody on the, on the lower end of the spectrum. So no changes anticipated for the Island or the lower mainland on that one. Okay. Very cool. Let's talk about the speculation tax. This is uh, definitely got some people's attention. I mean, I, I think right now, uh, I, I myself, I watched uh, Carol James go through the presentation a couple times. It was really high level. I, I wasn't able to really get a sense of what was going on. You've had a chance to read through the actual budget yourself. What can you tell our audience about the speculation tax? Oh, you think the answer is in the budget. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> well, can you tell me where the answer is? You are misguided in your assumption. I don't know. It's somewhere between John Horgan and Carol James and... Uh, um, Andrew Weaver, one of those three, uh, between the three of them, it looks like they crafted the budget together. There's an answer in there somewhere. But the speculation tax, it's interesting, it's not really a speculation tax in the way that I had expected it. And I expected a speculation tax. In other jurisdictions around the world, uh, what they do is they tax people on properties they own for a short period of time. And they deem speculation as a, I'm buying it with the intention of selling it on an increase. So if it's, you know, if it's less than 12 months, I'm going to, the government has decided to tax those people at a rate of 10% or 15% or whatever it is to prevent people from buying and selling quickly in a market, which is what most people think is speculation. In this case, what we're doing is we're punishing people who own vacation homes in British Columbia in urban centers. Um, so places like Whistler have been excluded, uh, large parts of the Okanagan, but Kelowna, West Kelowna, Nanaimo, Victoria, they're all included in this tax. And if you are a non-resident of British Columbia, so you could be an Albertan um, who's not paying taxes in British Columbia, you will now be paying this uh, 5% this year and 2% next year tax on the assessed value of your home. And I can think how this would really impact the island. There are lots of people that I know from Ontario, Alberta, other places that are cold that own vacation, own second homes in places like you know, the Victoria Inner Harbor or maybe Waterfront in Nanaimo or maybe they're up on, you know, Long Lake in Nanaimo and they only come for th that five months of the year. So their residency is Ontario. That's where they pay their taxes. That's where they claim their income. The rest of the year, they're not renting their home out because they might go for a month or two at some point, you know, in, in the summer, but they're primarily just spending the winters in British Columbia. These are people who maybe suffer from health issues that prevent them from traveling to the States during the winter. So they're, they're West Coast snowbirds. These people are now going to be punished um, and treated as if they're speculators. And that's a huge problem, I would suggest. Um, we're not recognizing the value that other Canadians contribute to our local economy, even if they're only here for six months of the year. Victoria needs those people in their restaurants in the winter months. Uh, they, Nanaimo needs those people visiting you know, the tourist attractions in the winter months. It's easy to fill those places up in the summer, but it's really hard in the winter. And the other Canadians who come, I think is going to get hurt. There's a lot of Albertans who own homes in Kelowna, but they pay their taxes and work in Alberta. Um, and those people, I don't think were ever speculating. They just are people who wanted to own two homes. 
and this government has decided that they're evil speculators and we don't want them in British Columbia. Okay, well, I, you, you called me out on my uh, false assumptions, so I want to just circle back to a few things just to make sure that I am on the right page here. So in the uh, presentation, it talked about with the speculation tax, they said urban areas. When, when we go to the foreign buyer talks, which we'll talk about at the, at the last part of this uh, live stream, they specifically named Victoria or Capital Region and Nanaimo. So have you been able to confirm that the speculation tax is, in fact, not just urban in the sense of Metro Vancouver, it also extends to those areas? Yeah, I've got the budget here, and I just read through it again to make sure. Um, it's like a romance novel for you, isn't it? It is. It's, it's got so many pretty pictures of British yeah. Columbia in it. There's more than 50 shades in there. Um, it's, it's really just, you know, um, buh, buh, buh. I forget where it was. I searched the word speculation, but it seems to indicate, um, and again, there's, this isn't the legislation, which will be the ultimate telling factor. Um, it, this will, this is just the, you know, no the, word, the word speculator appears a few times in While the, you're uh, uh, looking that up. I want to ask you again, from the real estate professional's point of view. So clearly uh, you have a strong opinion that this is going to have an effect on on um, homeowners or vacation property owners on Vancouver Island. How do you see that? Like, you know, when you and your team are strategizing over these changes, what are you talking about how this might actually impact you? Like, are you making any adjustments in your business plan right now based on this? Yeah. Right. Um, just to answer your previous question, uh, from the budget, page 10 of the home section, this new tax will apply to Metro Vancouver, Fraser Valley, Capital and Nanaimo Regional Districts, and in the municipalities of Kelowna and West Kelowna. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. All right. So if, you're own, if you own second homes in something deemed an urban area, um, you're going and you don't live in British Columbia, uh, your best bet is honestly to start renting it out for just one month of the year claim British Columbia rental income on that property um, so that you have some sort of tax. And then it looks like it's going to be done through a tax credit. So you want to collect at least enough rental income to make the kind of tax credit make sense to that, avoid that 2% tax. Advice? Is that accounting advice, Keith Roy? <laughs> it's, it's just, it, it's the obvious way that I see to avoid, um, no, that's, to avoid that's, paying that tax. That's definitely a great thing for agents to talk about with their you know, tax advisors and recommend their clients search out those opportunities too. Yeah. So. Again, if you've, if you're a realtor and you've got clients who, you know, own second homes in British Columbia, you want to get them aware of this. They may decide to sell because 2% on a, on a million dollar home, which is not unreasonable in Victoria or a $500,000 condo, that's going to be expensive. It's, you know, it's going to be 10, $20,000 a year in taxes that they're going to have to pay for the right to own a second home in British Columbia in an urban center. And, and sir, can you break that down for me again? So that, 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 0.5% for the rest of the year, the 2% tax thereafter, it's based on their assessed value? Yeah. So it's not a 2% increase to your property taxes. It's actually a 2% tax based off of the property value itself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah otherwise, it would have no, it would have really a negligible impact. Pretty insignificant for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like a couple okay. hundred bucks a year isn't isn't going to deter someone. And their, their goal is to deter um, what they are deeming speculators. Okay. So going back to the perspective of you as a team leader, you know, very successful yeah. in Vancouver, what's sort of bubbling up to the surface for you as far as, you know, preparing for the, this change? Well, we've been through the foreign buyer tax. Um, uh, 15 to 20% is going to make a, a very marginal difference. I can't imagine anyone who was willing to spend 15 is now no longer willing to spend 20 um, if you're that far down the path, you're just going to buy it. They might look for 
you know, when it first came out and I was negotiating on some of the more expensive properties, I had a lot of the foreign buyers agents say to me, oh, they want this, but they want a 15% discount because they have to pay the tax. And I said, just because your clients from, you know, I, I always say it's like, you know, it's the Europeans who are the real problem here. Um, if, if the Europeans want to buy the home, that doesn't make it worth 15% less. The reality is, um, the house still has value. The home still has value, but, uh, there's, there's a little more pressure in the negotiation from that foreign buyer. And you'll see some people drop out of the market. I had a referral in yesterday from a potential buyer from Microsoft. They're moving from the Seattle office to the Vancouver office. I said, why are you moving? They said, we hate Donald Trump. I said, you hate him that much that you're going to move to Canada? They said, yeah, we're out. We want to come to Canada. We want to buy a home. And we think we can spend a million dollars because we get about a 20-minute lift on our currency. And I said, are you aware of the foreign buyer tax? She said, what's that? I explained to her that a million-dollar home was going to have $200,000 in taxes because she's an American. She said, that doesn't seem fair. And I said, yeah, Donald Trump's not the only people kicking people out of his country. We're doing the same thing. We're just doing it with a smile on our face. And it's it's a Canadian it's the Canadian way, so it's coming across a little bit nicer. Uh, but this is this has other impacts. You know, if you've got a tech sector that's being built in the Lower Mainland, we can't import talent to work in a tech sector because all that talent is down in the, you know, down in Silicon Valley or in Seattle. They don't want to move to Canada now. Twenty percent to buy a house that that was all of the currency lift that they thought they were going to get. Yeah. Um, so there's other residual impact to it. The key is, um, you know, hold firm in your negotiations uh, when you're working with local sellers and you're dealing with international buyers. Um, Make sure that as much of that tax for the benefit of your seller client isn't being eaten up by the the buyers negotiating and saying, well, I can't buy this without a 15% discount. That wasn't the purpose. The purpose is to slow it down, but that doesn't change the value of the home instantly. Right, right. So just be a little more firm in your negotiation from a seller standpoint. Absolutely. I want to just pause for a second because we're not just recording this um, offline. We're actually recording this on Facebook Live. We do have some people watching that, believe it or not, aren't our parents or grandparents or anyone. So that's fantastic. Hi, mom. Yeah. <laughs> no, my, my mom is not on Facebook. Um, but uh, our friend Andrew Russell's here. You want to say hello, Andrew? And I also wanted to say to anyone who has any questions for Keith uh, about the, the changes coming up, just put them in the comment box below because we'll be able to bring them on screen if you have any questions you want us to uh, try to tackle through. So, um, Keith, let's move on to foreign buyer tax because really that's that's one that, you know, on the island we've been very fortunate to be able to watch. You know, it's not very often that, that you get the chance to sit on the sidelines and, and see a uh, uh, you know, a tax change um, play out in a municipality, very similar, uh, very close by, and we've been able to kind of see how things have responded. But I want to talk to you about not just looking forward, but I want to see what we can learn from your experience going through those changes. So I want to ask you a couple of just questions to set the context. Uh, we know yeah. your team set, sells around 100 homes a year. I'm curious, um, roughly out of those clients, how many of clients yourself are foreign buyers, you know, last few years that have your team represented? And then the follow-up to that would be, if, as best as you can tell, how many foreign buyers have purchased listings of yours over the last few years? Yeah, so we had um, maybe two to three foreign buyers a year leading up to the tax. We haven't had any buyers pay the tax um, since it got implemented. And the reason we 
we didn't have that. We don't work with a lot of mainland Chinese buyers. Um, the buyers we did have were the ones I was mentioning, right? The American tech sector employee who was moving up. Uh, they were working with us to buy their home. And those have just stopped. The people who are coming now are just deciding to not buy and they're they're opting to rent instead. And they've got capital. They can afford it. They, they, they're just not, um, they're not buying. You know, on the listing side, uh, up until recently, you'll recall the standard contractor purchase and sale didn't actually list if the buyer was a resident or not. And it, the seller always had to say they were a resident for tax purposes, but the buyer never had to because um, the tax didn't exist. So there was no need to collect that data. But based on my experience working with agents who were saying, oh, I need a week-long extension because the money's coming from China. Uh, my buyer can't get financing. I need a two-week extension. They need to move the money through Hong Kong. Um, it seemed like it was somewhere in the kind of 8 to 10% range of properties. Um, again, very certain properties, right? Like we're talking west side housing, those kind of properties. That was driven largely by the mainland Chinese money filtered through Hong Kong, uh, or some of it was just money that was here and the mortgage was being backed by a business in Hong Kong. Great. Post foreign buyer tax that came in in July, um, a year and a half ago, uh, the real estate market basically came to a standstill for about three months where everyone was just like, um, so that was, it was August of 2016. Is that right? Yeah. So it was announced how many months in advance or was it weeks in advance? It was hours in advance. Hours in advance. <laughs> sometime, sometime late, late July, uh, yeah. was Christy Clark at the time made the announcement and within days or weeks. Uh, hours. Hours. It was, yeah, it was not a week. Yeah. Um, and so there was a crush of deals that happened. Everybody rushed and sold their home and then um, we just didn't. Everyone was like, what just happened? What is this going to mean? Does this mean all the money's dried up? Everybody thought all the money came from China. So the market dried up for August, September, October, and then November, the glimmer of hope. By December, we were busy. And in January of last year, we started rocking out. And we've been rocking out ever since. So for, total foreign buyer purchases on the data I've seen went somewhere from you know, 7 or 8% down to 4%. No one was really tracking the data properly. Uh, the, it, the foreign buyers is if you believe that the foreign currency is a problem in the marketplace and it's skewing the marketplace, the foreign buyer is not the problem. It's the foreign money. And that's a federal thing. If you want to stop foreigners from bringing money into Canada, you can do that. That'll cut the taps off. That'll stop the bank rolling. you. That'll stop the mortgages from happening. But to stop foreign buyers, a lot of those people are already here. They mm -hmm. have residency. Uh, the wife and kids are here. The kids are going to school. Dad runs a widget factory in China. The money's already here. They have residency. They're just funding the ongoing cash flow from a Chinese business. So what was, um, like, you had your finger pretty tight on the pulse of the market at that point. I mean, we're talking right now about the stats, the results, the outcomes. What was the process like as a, as a full-time professional agent? What were your colleagues in the office talking about? Was it frantic? Was everyone pretty easy going about it? Just kind of accepting like what was the day-to-day -day business like those first two or three months? Cause you know, every month after that, um, as you say, for a little while, we did see a dip. And so did you find that there was, was it panic? Was it pretty calm? Like what was your, it was more, it was more confusion about how this is going to play out, but we've seen a foreign buyer tax implemented in Vancouver. We've seen one implemented in Toronto and now we're going to see one implemented. I think Victoria is the only real area in British Columbia that will see other significant impact from it. 
I don't think foreign money was flooding into Nanaimo. You know, some of it was going into Kelowna, but not on the scale that we saw it move to Victoria after the um, after the Vancouver implementation of the tax. You know, I, I hate bringing up uh, statistics that I haven't fully researched yet, but I, I was uh, guilty of headline reading this morning on Facebook as I was preparing, and I actually saw a chart that showed a percentage of foreign buyers in uh, all of the markets where now foreign buyer tax is being introduced. And Nanaimo, believe it or not, uh, actually had the highest representation of, of foreign buyers, albeit a much smaller market. So percentages and actual transaction size can be quite misleading. But yeah, I'm really intrigued to see that because, um, you know, of all the communities, as you know, I work both in Nanaimo and Victoria. Um, I really feel like the Nanaimo market has changed significantly in the last 12 to 18 months. So I'm not sure that this will stop that because it's still a very affordable market, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, 20% on a low dollar volume is not going to be as consequential as 20% on $5 million on the west side of Vancouver. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so thank you for looking backwards. Let's look forward. What's your sense? So now we have uh, a foreign buyer tax that's really in quite a bit of the province, at least the most active real estate areas in the province. Yeah. Um, You know what? It's anywhere somebody from a foreign country would, would want to buy. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, except Whistler. Except, yeah, that's Whistler. Uh, so you're expecting a little bit of bump up in action in Whistler? I would imagine so. Yeah, it's um, it's the safest of the non-foreign buyer taxed markets. Oh, again, I, I have to break down the geography on on where the boundaries for the, the Nanaimo market are because uh, in uh, Carol James said that we're, they're introducing this into other areas to prevent um, you know slippage of foreign buyers into neighboring markets. Well, my understanding is Parksville and Qualicum aren't that far away from Nanaimo, Arrington, Ladysmith, Shimanus. I'd be really curious to see geographically if, if those communities uh, are included in this, or is it just specifically the city of Nanaimo yeah. and Victoria? On the and that's interesting for the speculation tax, too, because how many people from Alberta own homes in Qualicum and Parksville and well, you know, north of Nanaimo? Lake is, is a very yeah. popular place up in Port Alberni. And, and yeah. Beautiful uh, property, beautiful lake homes, and I, my understanding, based on this foreign buyer tax, is a, a two million dollar property in Sprout Lake wouldn't apply. No, I, I don't think Port Alberni was mentioned on anybody's list of uh, taxes or places to go. But you know, what about why wasn't Tofino included? Why wasn't Whistler included? Where does Nanaimo end and Qualicum begin uh, you know, for I tax purposes? It makes sense to roll it out province wide versus being so. Specific, have specific to the the different regions. Like, does it make sense just to do this province wide to give everyone a level playing field? No, they're trying to get elected in certain areas. Uh, they're not trying to get elected province wide. There's some seats they've just get, and there's no point in going after them. Fair enough. Very very political. Yeah. Okay. So what what very political looking looking forward from here as far as uh, the foreign buyer tax is concerned, like. So again, we've seen this in Vancouver. We've seen it in Toronto. Now we're going to see it in Victoria. It's played out the same way in Toronto that it did in Vancouver. There was a couple months of confusion followed by a tempering of house prices and a rise in condo prices. Because what happened was those people who still wanted to get their money out of, and I'm going to stick with China. Like we all know that this is where most of the, I sound like Donald Trump, right? Um, Most of this money was coming out of China and impacting the market throughout British Columbia. So if you are at risk of losing 100% of your money in a communist, you're okay losing 20% of your money by getting it into a secure Canadian economy. And that's what's driving the psychology behind this money entering the market. But when you got into the big dollar volume, 
um, and these houses were less liquid as assets because the market had slowed down and the taxes were very consequential, we saw some of this money shift to the condo market because condos were much more liquid. You could trade them a lot quicker if you needed access to your cash again for some reason, whatever that reason might be. Um, so in Vancouver and Toronto, we saw condo prices. Um, I'm not going to say it's fully causal, but it's certainly correlated that condo prices would uh, increase in uh, Victoria. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, townhouse prices increase and that lower end go up while that higher end million plus starts to temper a little bit. Yeah, great. Great. Before we move on, I have one question here from John Hercock. Let's see if uh, if we can tackle it to the best of our knowledge. So John asks, uh, if someone owns a fully rented revenue property in Victoria from, say, Alberta, does that tax apply? It doesn't look like it because they would be paying, presumably they would be paying some sort of taxes in British Columbia because they'd be collecting rental revenue. So if they're filing their taxes properly, it looks like they will be able to claim the um, claim the tax credit Right. Uh, on the property transfer tax. Great. Okay, I want to do a bit of a pivot uh, from the tax changes and, and, and the things that we're seeing coming down the pipe. Is there anything else you want to say on the changes that you see before we start talking a little bit about the business of real estate? Um, uh, only an NDP, and you can tell I'm not a huge fan of this government. I think they're <laughs> they're really just like, just they're going to mess up our province. Um, we had a good thing going. It wasn't it wasn't the greatest thing. I wasn't a huge Christy Clark fan, but we had we have a pretty good thing going here in British Columbia, and it looks like they're really going to try and mess it up. But only the NDP could have the logic that increasing taxes on houses will improve affordability. I don't know how adding the, to the cost of house, uh, ha- adding to the cost of housing makes housing more affordable. It blows my mind. Right. right. Yeah, I've also seen uh, some interesting arguments talking about the supply side, and that's a whole other part of their housing plan, but we're not going to get into that today. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Keith is also very involved in the, in the training and speaking side of the industry. He's spoken at Remax events, uh, just recently Inman in New York. Is that right, Keith? Yeah, I was at Inman. And I'm actually in Toronto right now working with Royal LePage on some stuff. And, and you also do a lot of work with Richard Robbins International as yeah. well as a speaker and a trainer. So um, I want to ask you about the actual business side. So taking off your, your real estate practitioner hat on and putting your coaching hat on, change is tough, right? Like sometimes change is, oftentimes change is scary and, and we really get tunnel vision. We focus on the problem and, and we tend to not find the solution. What would you, if you were coaching a realtor right now who's maybe a little concerned about these changes on Vancouver Island, what would you talk to them about adapting and, and, and dealing with the changing times? So I'd get really smart about what's actually going on here. Take the time. The The housing part of the budget is only 18 pages. So I take the time to read that so that you can educate your consumer. Yesterday, when the budget came out, uh, or I guess the day before, Global put out a report that said that um, they said basically people f- who aren't in British Columbia aren't going to be allowed to buy houses here. It was just a false report. They misread the speculation tax part of the of the budget and they just copy pasted threw it up and so this was in a news report so people are reading these headlines and they're not getting the full story and you need to be fully informed so go to the source go to gov.bc.ca grab the 18 pages of the housing part of the budget and read it read it word for word so that you understand it and then secondly start developing the solutions necessary for your clients and, and go to your clients with problems and go to your clients with solutions so if you've got a client in alberta 
who owns a home in Nanaimo that they use as a vacation home and they're not renting it out, go to them and say, look, this is going to impact you. Here's some ideas that might work. Beyond that, I think you should get in touch with an accountant to figure out what this is going to do for you. Bring value to the conversation. Don't get stuck behind the headlines. And don't be afraid. I mean, the reality is real estate is getting harder and harder to do in the province of British Columbia. You're liable for fines up to, I think it's $900,000 now. The Real Estate Board of Vancouver has $90,000 in fines. So there's, there's, there's a liability of almost a million dollars if you do a transaction wrong as a realtor in British Columbia. It's, it's becoming harder and harder to work, and we need to get sharper. We need to get better. And ultimately, there will be less realtors, and those of us um, and those of you out there who are doing the, the right things, educating yourself, taking care of your clients, honoring your fiduciary duty, you will do better and you will have more opportunities in the future. But in the meantime, there's going to be some short-term blips and you got to grind it out and be ready, uh, be ready when the market gets better again. Absolutely. It sounds to me like you're recommending fighting the problem with professionalism. You know, know your stuff, understand it, take the time to learn. Yeah. Uh, and just you know, talk about it with your colleagues. Uh, Justice Edmondson, the managing broker, or one of the managing brokers in our office in Victoria, just posted the link that you were referencing, Keith. So if anyone's looking for the areas and territories, just look down below in the comments and you'll see a link right to the government's website. Um, just in closing here, so Keith, you do a lot of speaking, uh, not just on the stage at events, but also just speaking out in the media in Vancouver. You also have a great podcast that I, I listen to somewhat regularly, the Vancouver Unreal Estate Show. Yeah. So I imagine you're going to be producing some more content uh, about these changes and these topics just to put your, your clients at ease and yourself at ease. Uh, if people want to connect with you, just you know, hear you talk or hear what you have to say, your opinions, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, the Vancouver and Real Estate Show has been a great project. We produce a podcast every second week, and we kind of do the more the policy side of real estate. Um, we did one this week on speculation, speculation, where we were taking a guess at what the property, what the taxes might be in the budget. We were wrong on a couple of things, but we had some other good ideas in there. Um, so there's always some good episodes up there to follow along. I'm available. You're always welcome to go to the website, send us an email. It's keithroy.com and facebook.com slash keithroy is available as well. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Keith. We really appreciate it. And we'll look forward to talking to you soon. Happy to be here. Thanks, Braden. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right, guys, there you have it. Keith Roy from uh, Remax Select in Vancouver on Main Street. Uh, if you have any questions, you know, drop me a line. I'm happy to, to help answer them. Absolutely connect with Keith. He's uh, very, very uh, knowledgeable in these areas. And uh, as he said, you want to be able to fight these problems with professionalism. So I would recommend that you inform yourself, uh, read some of the links that are just down here below in the comment feed, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye for now.